Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 29th, 2023, the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church, Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, are we awake yet? I was about to say, we, we're not only not live, we're not lively, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get the energy going and... Yep. So in in lieu of doing readings, we're just going to play some smooth jazz. (laughs) With a gentle snoring soundtrack. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a rain rain track in the background as well. And just uh, sit sit here and sip your coffee and enjoy the morning. Meadow out. <clears throat> Let the day but take care of itself. One of these, yeah, here sometime here real soon. Uh, the caffeine will kick in and we'll be a lot better. Yeah. Um, as I take a sip. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, end of January, we've, we've got a, um, a lot of stuff uh, still going on. Uh, as I feel like I, I know I say this every you know, every week, but well, uh, we're an active parish. We're an active parish, so feel free to check the uh, the website, see what all is going on. Uh, I know that not this coming Friday, but next Friday is uh, our game night, which is at seven o'clock uh, oh, back in the parish hall, which is kind of fun. Um, we've got uh, when is our the next thirty three and a third? That'll be this. That'll be the first Sunday in February. Okay, so, so the, 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 a couple of days after yeah, game night. So not this, not this uh, right. Sunday, but the but next Sunday. Sunday. Annual meeting. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Nine that's a.m. Right. Which, please don't avoid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you have a vote. Uh, you yeah. you have a voice uh, in the spare. So please come vote uh, and hear uh, what all is going on. Uh, and uh, and for those of you playing along at home, it it will be broadcast live. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll definitely be doing that. Uh, and um, uh, I'm sure there's other things that I should highlight. But... Wednesday evening Bible studies. <clears throat> Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you know it, Ash Wednesday, which means Shrove Tuesday, the Pancake Supper coming out. All sorts of things. Tons. Tons. We should Tons. get to work. We should probably start doing some stuff. <laughs> yes, the stack on my desk is throwing. <laughs> well, then let's go. Yeah. Because uh, you're, you're here at the office, and I don't want to hold you up anymore. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's go to uh, this uh, day in church history. January 29th. Our first uh, um, entry here is the probable date. Uh, we have a couple of probable dates to start here uh, because you know how it go- goes when you go back far enough. We <laughs> think. <laughs> probable dates. The story of my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop, didn't show up. Well, I was going to say that that doesn't sound like my, my mine weren't that probable. It was more like outcome unclear or unlikely date. Um, the unlikely date for Ben Payton in high school. Uh, 570 is our first entry here. Uh, it's the probable date of the death of Gildas, thought to have been an abbot who gave us the earliest history uh, uh, we have of the British Celts. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why I know the name. Because of the scarcity and inaccuracy of records from that era, the date and place of both his birth and death will remain uncertain into the 21st century. But apparently, uh, the implication being, we found uh, yeah, more material uh, recently. Which is quite possible. They're, Britain is having a, a wonderful explosion of archaeology. Hmm. And um, and some of the archaeology work t- takes place in libraries and archives. Yeah. And they literally find, like going through your grandparents' books, inside a newer book, paper records or um, parchment records 
that we have never seen before. That, okay. That predate that book by quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Just as one small example, there's also rocks and stuff they find. <laughs> <laughs> Traditional archaeology. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> chiseling away. Uh, 1430, again, the probable date uh, of the death of Andrei Rublev at the uh, Andronikov Monastery. Uh, he will be considered the greatest medieval Russian painter of icons and Christian frescoes. Oh, what's his name again? Andrei Rublev. Okay, I can't say I know the name, but I'm sure I've seen his icons then. I Probably. Mean, reproductions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rever yeah. yeah. You, you don't own several early <laughs> Russian Christian frescoes in I, somewhere? I actually have, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how old it is, but it's very old icon um, from the Holy Land. Really? That I, I bought at a Arab store that... The guy loved to bargain, so we bargained back and forth. And would you be willing to sell that for the forgiveness of my sins? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, well, yeah. that's right. That's right. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly want your sins forgiven. So yes, I would give it up to keep you out of hell. <laughs> Something tells me. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'd be getting fleeced. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you have as much control over that as you uh, as you just implicated. Uh, anyway, uh, 1555, uh, the, some agents of Mary Tudor, Ooh. wonderful person, uh, <laughs> degrade and condemn the Protestant bishop John Hooper, along with John Rogers, Roland Taylor, and other preachers of the Reformation, and Hooper uh, specifically will be executed the following month. That's why they called her Bloody Mary. It wasn't her. <laughs> Agents of. I just don't know how to. She just didn't know how to control her, you know, zealous followers who may have overheard some errant direction that may or may not have called for the execution of people. Yeah, that's the definition of deniability. <laughs> I didn't tell them to kill those people. I just said, man, wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Uh, 1663, the death of Robert Sanderson, Bishop of Lincoln, whose biography uh, was included as one of Isaac Walton's lives. Siding with the Royalists, uh, Sanderson had been deprived of his living. Wait, I'll explain been, that in a minute. Okay. Of his living after the Puritans took power during the Commonwealth. I said a lot of things there. That uh, So... so before, during the time before and after that relatively brief period of British history where they had no monarchy. Okay. Um, most cl clergy jobs in the Church of England were uh, sponsored by royalty, nobility, and then later just rich folks. Okay. Uh, and so it was called a living. And whoever was the, the duke of such and such had the right to appoint the clergy for that territory, and but had to pay for them. And so they right. got their livings from the duke of such and such. With that time of upheaval, a lot of clergy who were not Protestant enough were fired, basically. Uh, okay. Okay, I was gonna say because which it, was better than being burnt. Sure. Well, I was gonna say it. It, it that that phrase kind of made it sound like it was a, a art, an artistic way of, of talking about murdering someone. Yeah. Oh no, we didn't murder him. We just deprived him of, deprived him of his living. 
That's true. It could sound that way. <laughs> so I'm glad you cleared that up because we, I was a little confused. We deprived him of his ability to breathe. Right. <laughs> right. How he chose to deal with that was right, right, right. <laughs> His actions thereafter he decided are all to die. <laughs> um, 1877, death in New York of uh, Sarah Doremus, uh, sometimes called the mother of missions because of her strenuous efforts in behalf of foreign missions. Uh, 1882, uh, the, he, he, he starts with, his name is, starts with his nickname. So I don't know what his actual first name is, but Cotty or Cotty, C-O-T-T-Y, Cotty Peabody arrives in Tombstone <laughs> a, a few months after the shootout at OK Corral, where he will establish Arizona's first, Arizona Territory's first Protestant church. <laughs> Good old Cotty. Good old Cotty. <laughs> Hello, it looks like you all murdered each other. I'm going to start a church here. <laughs> I wonder if they count Episcopal churches as Protestant in this interpretation of history. Because I think they're older Episcopal churches in Arizona than that. I could be wrong. There, there, there might be. Uh, so the authority for the date comes from the book Christian History uh, Christian History 66, so it sounds like it might be like a, a, a an ongoing yeah. uh, a publication. How the West Was Won was the, is okay. the name of the, this particular one, uh -huh. and it was published in 2000. Okay. Uh, so feel free to go pick up and learn a little bit more about our friend Kati. <laughs> Kati Peabody. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, at eight, 1918, we see uh, the death of... In Chicago of Sarah Dunn Clark, co-founder of the Pacific Garden Mission and its quote-unquote mother. Okay. Don't know what that is. I'm not sure what that is either. I would have loved a little bit more explanation in this one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 1929, the death in Baxter Springs, Kansas of Charles Fox Parham, early American Pentecostal innovator and theologian. What so, year did he die? Uh, 1929. Okay. So, that, yeah, the Pentecostal movement really took off in the Roaring Twenties. So. Right. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, 2005, Bullis Marwa becomes the pastor of Victor, uh, Victory Baptist Church uh, in Nigeria, where he will serve until December 24th, 2010. We've actually uh, covered this instance uh, on December 24th this past oh, yeah. year, uh, when members of the militant Muslim group uh, Boko Haram will murder him along with several other Christians on the on the, uh, um, the Christmas congregation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve uh, Christmas Eve massacre. So, but that is uh, this uh, this your uh, Danish church history and. Uh, um, you know, uh, clearly the star is Cotty. <laughs> Cotty Peabody. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to find some more material about him. Uh, <clears throat> well, let's move on to our uh, first reading for the day. Our first reading comes from... Okay, wait. Oh. I just can't, gotta say, I gotta get this out of my brain. Professor Peabody and his Wayback Machine <laughs> could be really helpful <laughs> in discovering the true Cotty. Okay, now we can there move you on go. to more serious things. Who's that man over there, Mr. Peabody? <laughs> Gosh, Mr. Peabody. I don't know, Sherman. <laughs> Let's go take a look. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a, an episode. Yeah. Of, uh, you know. Gosh, Here we go, Mr. back in the way back, the way back machine. <laughs> the, a month after the OK Corral. <laughs> Anyway, all right, I got it sidetracked. I could do that all day. Me too. Uh, our first reading comes from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. 
Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will, be content he will contend with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam son of Beor answered him, and what happened from Shittim and Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it can be a little lost on a listener uh, of, the, uh, of, of this reading, but uh, the first few verses are God speaking, and then the second few, the, 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 the last three verses are uh, uh, Israel, the, the quote-unquote Israel uh, speaking in return, I think. Actually, almost. Almost, okay. The, and I only say this for sure because it's in a footnote of my Bible. Okay. The verse one is God, as it says, what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. um, then the, I just want to make sure I get it right. Then verse two is... The prophet. Okay. <clears throat> and that's and, the hear you mountains, yeah. uh, the controversy of the Lord. Okay. Yeah. And then, then three through five would be God. Yeah. And then, uh, and then six and seven will be Israel. Let me just double check. And then eight is the prophet again. The end is the prophet. He has told you, O mortal, what is good? Yes. Okay. Well, no. Maybe... I already forgot what you said. Verse six and seven are the people. Yes. Yeah. Israel. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the last one is the prophet. Prophet again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, uh, if it's lost on the listeners of someone reading this, uh, it would, I, I, I struggle to wonder how easy it would be for original readers of this because punctuation is not a thing in the original writings. Right. So it would be those, those, Punctual, you know, those quotation marks help modern readers devise like, oh, a new person is talking uh, and you can kind of read a little bit more. Uh, it could, could be a little bit more difficult, but maybe I suppose uh, if you're used to not reading things with punctuation, then <laughs> then it, then it, uh, it'd be a lot easier to interpret. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, then, it, well, and it's interesting. Boy, this is trivial, but in. The two different Bible translations I have open right now, they are inconsistent with where to put those quote quotation marks. Interesting. So it actually can be a little bit, um, make it actually harder to figure out who's talking. Right, right. Or uh, open it up to a little bit more to interpretation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, where to put quotation marks is an interpretation. Right. 
right, right, right. Because I could understand uh, the the line. Uh, I would imagine the 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 lines in question are whether or not uh, uh, God is talking or whether the prophet is interjecting mm, right. anywhere. So that would be. Is, is, am I correct that the two different translations where they vary, they give yeah. more uh, more uh, um, quotes to God and 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 there's. I don't think any of this would, like they would be like. Oh, here this is definitely maybe this is Israel talking. Right. Here. Like. Right. Um. I am curious. I know you don't. Uh, 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 spoilers for for the audience. Uh, you don't have your translation uh, uh, computer yeah. uh, with you this morning, so I can't ask you in full this question. But the uh, the line in in verse two, where 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 either God or the prophet is talking about the controversy of the Lord. Ah, good. I know this one. Okay, because <laughs> it, it is it, it, it that does kind of stand out as like oh like. Controversy is it? Is it a real controversy, or is that's a it, technical that's a, term? Or okay, yeah. Please tell so us more what they mean by the, controversy. Probably the closest, um, and well, and this is, would be a terrible translation. So when I say closest, it's it's not close. It would be lawsuit. Gotcha. Okay. That. Which kind of follows kind of a pattern that we've experienced uh, time and time again in the Old Testament reading mm -hmm. of like like coming before the judge and having yep. having a full argument before a jury kind of a feel to that's to... what this is okay gotcha yeah and it's it's really cool when you realize that and it is sad if it's for folks that have no idea that that is what it is because the jury is mountains um the foundations of the earth um yeah it hills right and the world as a whole yeah yeah, yeah, the created order is the jury. Interesting. So part of that is um, a, well, you know, everything you think is going to last forever is judging you. And you don't get how this works, do you? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you aren't even worthy of having heavenly beings judge you. <laughs> that instead, so. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, you get the lower court. Yeah. Like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, whereas in other places in the Hebrew scriptures, it's more like other religions of that time where they're, the angels are the jury or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, your case has not been brought up to the higher yeah, court. Yeah, not uh, worth uh, it. It was, it, was, it was remanded back to lower court and you're, you're you know, I, they you, didn't take up the case. I even take it up to the level of your case is so easy you can be dumb as rocks and see what it is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See what the truth is. Um, interesting. Okay. So now I'm just imagining uh, the book of Micah being like, now we call to order the the case of the Lord our God be the people. <laughs> Are all the rocks here? <laughs> Present. <laughs> Swear uh, in the rocks. Right. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, so then... Uh, so then let's get into it a little bit yeah. more because Micah, this, this ver or this section is full of reference that we're, especially readers on a Sunday, we're lacking the reference yeah. to. So, um, you're talking, uh, the, 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 uh, I'm not sure if it makes it sound like God's the plaintiff. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and the prophets, the prosecutor. Gotcha. Okay. Or the plaintiff's attorney. Gotcha. Uh, and then, and so he's, so God says, uh, 
what am I, what have I done to you? In what way have I wearied you? Answer me. Uh, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Like we, this part is very well known for the Old Testament uh, uh, readers. Brought you out of the land of Egypt, redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Pause. Yes. This is one of the few places in the Hebrew scriptures that, in the callbacks to these events, that mentions Miriam. I was gonna say, okay, like, good. who, like, Moses, yes, Aaron, yes, Miriam. Uh, I'm trying si to remember. Sounds familiar. Sister of Moses. Oh, okay. And, um, because of the theological fighting going on among the people writing the writing down the books of Exodus and Deuteronomy, where Moses is so prominent. Um, they were fighting over Moses's role, and Miriam was sort of a sidelight. Okay. Um, but she is mentioned. And so it's interesting to see that by the time the book of Micah came along, that she was being remembered as one of the great leaders during this key formation time for the Israelites. Gotcha. Um, a, a woman hero. Okay. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Then in verse five, we have kind of like a series of things where like, uh, like modern readers, unless we have better reference are going to go. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what this means. Don't know what this means. Don't know what this means. So we'll just skip this first. Yeah. <laughs> because, Oh, my people remember now what this guy devised. Like, I don't even, you don't even have to go to the name necessarily, but there's this King devised. This person answered him uh, and what happened uh, from one place to another. So the two, the two characters, we have two characters uh, that might not be easily recognizable. And we have two, it's, I believe, locations. Yeah. Um, so the king Balak of Moab devised something and Balaam son of Beor answered him somewhere like were they on a road together from from one city to another Shittim from to, to gilgal or were those their kingdoms or what this is a summary of the israelites entering the holy land okay that it was the land of moab gotcha. that they got to take over mm -hmm. and so part of it is reminding the israelites that it was no small thing to get to cross the river Jordan into this much better place because it's on the shore of the Mediterranean. It's a much better climate has you can grow crops and stuff than that desert they've been living in for 40 years. Right. 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 Okay. So the, the King Balak of Moab was the reigning King at the time. I believe so. Uh, and, uh, what he devised, I would assume, is not anything any more than like, no, you can't have this land and maybe I'll wipe you out for yeah. <laughs> even looking at it. Yeah. Right? I don't know as if I remember who Balaam, son of Beor, is. What do, who is that character? It doesn't tell me in my footnotes. And Oh, okay. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> sure, sure. Because I've got a footnote. We'll take this moment to uh, remind you that this podcast is brought to you by. That's just distracting. <laughs> no, you can you can tap dance in other ways. <laughs> I did used to have fake sponsors on this podcast. That's true. They were really offensive. <laughs> <laughs> some some of them were. 
I got a comment or two about some of them. Uh, it was funny. Okay. And while you oh, did... oh, of course, the talking donkey. Um. Bo... Okay, let's say some more. <laughs> um. Okay. It's a long story in Numbers chapter 22. So I thoroughly recommend going to... Before you, before you give the actual answer, and the only thing context clue you've given us is the talking donkey. Yeah. I love the idea. The first idea that popped into my head was the king saying, you know, you can't have this land and I'm going to bury every one of you for even thinking about it. And the talking donkey goes, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What's the actual story, Bruce? Okay. okay. Where does... I'm trying to summarize it. Um, okay. God's trying to talk to Balaam. Okay. And Balaam's ignoring it. So the angel reveals itself to the donkey that Balaam is riding. Got it? Got it. And God, I, I already want to immediately go to this story and and do a deep dive go for it let's let's keep going though and so the donkey saw now i'll start reading from it when the donkey saw the angel of the lord it lay down under balaam and balaam's anger was kindled and he struck the donkey with his staff then the lord opened the mouth of the donkey mm -hmm. and it said to balaam what i what have i done to you that you have struck me these three times balaam said to the donkey because you made a fool of me. <laughs> I'm asking how the donkey could talk. <laughs> I wish I had a sword in my hand. I would kill you right now. <laughs> but the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey, which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I been in the habit of treating you this way? And Balaam said no. <laughs> so the donkey won the argument. <laughs> and then... The, then then finally says, could see the angel. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. <clears throat> okay. And the, and and so uh, when and there's it, a long discussion about why did he hit the donkey. There you go. <laughs> but I assume then the angel told him, uh, gave him uh, uh, instructions as to how to treat the king of Moab or what to do. Like they then go on and. Yeah. Okay. And were they? <laughs> does that story also contain the reference of? Shittim to Gilgal, like uh, uh, was he riding from one location to another? Like, what's the? Uh... I don't see Gilgal here. Okay, um, but <laughs> it wasn't the donkey. But Balaam did make sacrifice after the, the set of adventures was over. Gotcha. Um, and uh, he and Balak was able to win over the king of Moab to not destroy the Israelites. So oh, Balaam. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, so the king actually planned the destruction of the Israelites and Balaam very much like uh, some, some other old Testament stories convinced uh, him not to. Yeah. Uh, so this wasn't necessarily this, this was a deliverance from, uh, uh, from, from harm uh, yeah. the story, not as much the, it wasn't uh, a military victory, right? right. So, the, so the story isn't so much uh, uh, about coming into the kingdom uh, and taking ownership. It was just 
not like sur- survive. It's another survival uh, and guidance by God kind of a kind mm-hmm. of a reference. Okay, so then going back to Micah, what's is is the reference Shittim to Gilgal uh, point to something else, something different? Or is that part of the same story? Different story. That one is in Joshua chapter 4, and that specifically is crossing the Jordan. Okay. Into the Holy Land. Gotcha. So it, it so so overarching theme is how they came into the, the land that was promised to them. The first part of the story is the uh, the survival when they came into the, the land mm-hmm. by the ruling king. And then the tail end of the, the this line is about... Um, Everyone, come on! Yeah, we can do coming it. in and then yeah. and, and actually coming in and to to uh, hold the land yeah. themselves. And I gotta say, <clears throat> you know, wonderful writing technique is to reference what had to be one of the more memorable stories up to this point in the holy writings of the talking donkey. Yeah, I mean, can you just picture kids going, "Oh yeah, I remember that one. We had that a few weeks ago." Right. <laughs> It's the donkey. Yeah. It's the donkey, Yay, it's the donkey. donkey story. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Stupid Balaam hit his donkey. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, so then it's, then it's the it, it turn for the defendants to, to respond. Uh, and it's like their, their, uh, their, their response is essentially, hey, what more do you want from us? <laughs> yeah. We we give sacrifices. We give. Do you want like a, like an, an insane amount of sacrifices, or like what is it that you want from us? Um, and uh, it's yeah. interesting that the prosecutor, the prophet, uh, is the one who gives the response. Right. Like, hey, he's already told you. Be good people. Mm-hmm. Justice for you know for for all and to. to you know, don't elevate yourself to a pedestal here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's verse eight, chapter six, verse eight. And this is nowadays, it probably has been for much longer than nowadays, mm-hmm. one of those scriptural passages that multiple religions can sign on to. So it's often the part of featured in ecumenical agreements, statements, things like that. Gotcha. Um, of you know, God has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> right. And and so so it really is again touching on a theme that I think the Old Testament does uh, uh, delve into time and time again, which is like. Essentially, this story is like, don't think. You got to stop thinking that just because you offer sacrifices, suddenly you're off the hook for all the right. other things that you're supposed to be doing. Right. Like, yep, murdered my neighbor, stole his wife and uh, all their cattle. Uh, I'm just going to go murder, like, sacrifice a few of them at the temple. Yeah. We should be all good, right? Clean sight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, uh, hoard all all uh, that I have and not share with it with anyone. Uh, yeah. You know, sacrifice a couple of turtle doves and we're good. Yeah. (laughs) And the verse before, seven and a half. Okay. um, Well, I'll do all seven because this is what you're talking about. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands 
of rivers of oil, these huge amounts. Um, and then the ultimate, oh, don't go there. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of how to do this in in such a way that it doesn't sound terrible. But uh, uh, the like, boy, does this line sound like uh, uh, the the when I was a kid, I got a chance to spend time with a Jewish rabbi uh, and who was a fascinating man. <clears throat> but he had the very traditional like Jewish cadence. Yeah. Boy, does this like? Can I hear this in this guy's yeah, voice? Yeah. Uh, you know. It, are you ever going to be happy? Are you gonna, <laughs> yeah. you know, what do you want from me? You want my firstborn too? I mean, like, well, and, and then, and just like, uh, I could just hear the, almost the sarcasm in, yeah. uh, in these, in these lines. Uh, and, uh, in, in the, it's, uh, it, yeah, really, I, I could just, I could just hear this guy. Boy, I, I'm, and I wish I remembered his name. Um, cause I was, I was definitely the impressionable age, which yeah. means that it's been long enough that I've forgotten a lot of things. Other things. <laughs> but I do remember loving just like I wanted this guy to talk forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, boy, it'd be a lot of fun to hear him read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, part of it is if, and this, I talk unintentionally in the cadence of the Book of Common Prayer. Because uh -huh. I say it so often and pray it so often publicly and to myself. And so, yeah, in the same way, particularly if they're reading it in the Hebrew, people who are immersed in the Hebrew scriptures will develop speech patterns right. that echo. And as we can, or at least I can see, this is poetic. Right. So it has a certain uh, intentional cadence. Right. Um, yeah, that it, it shapes how we talk all the time. Right, exactly. So yeah, but I I love that because yeah, I can I can I can hear I can hear the rap. Yeah, and in including my head. the humor and sarcasm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very much so. So that that's um because yeah, you're right. That, that's that's what the people uh in the story are 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 you know I feel like they're saying like is it is is nothing good enough for you God like, like yeah and how not, much how much should I sacrifice yeah and that that's the response of like. It's not, yeah, that's not sacrifice. That's not what we're talking about. Change your behavior yeah. for crying out. <laughs> right. uh, no, I'd rather kill my children. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and human sacrifice did still exist yeah. in the Middle East during this time. So it was, not, it was not an empty thought. It certainly was beyond what anyone in Israel had been talking about for decades. But it... Um, still was was part of people's consciousness that that could happen. Even if even though Judaism never had human sacrifice, their neighbors did. right. Well, uh, no, but but some of the stories get get uh, get close. I was just yeah. thinking of the the you know the story of uh, uh, of Isaac uh, and Abraham and, yeah. and Abraham and and uh, it, it's it's adjacent enough that it was still well. Part of it was. The main one of the major meanings of that is you don't have to do that, yeah, for God to love you, right? That's what the followers of Baal have to do, not you. Gotcha. Uh, anything more? What a, what a fun reading, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so we, I've gone a little extra long, but well but, worth it, yeah. Well worth it. anything else uh, about this before we leave? People, people spend lifetimes practically just 
meditating and writing on chapter six of Micah. Mm. So I can see why. Yeah. I thoroughly recommend reading all of Micah and spending time meditating on it. Very good. Well, let's move on to our Psalm uh, reading for the day. Psalm 15. Uh, uh, maybe it's okay that we went a little long uh, because this is the, uh, the, and Jesus wept equivalent of, uh, of Psalms. <laughs> uh, uh, so here is Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do not evil, do, do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even in, to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. And that's the whole psalm. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, it's not it's not the same style as our Micah reading, but there is kind of a uh, huge connection. There, there's a connection, and 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 kind of done in the. I, I like how it's done with this question, uh, um, question and answer. Mm -hmm. Now, in this in the psalm, it's the author. Who, providing both it's posing the question for the audience and then delivering the answer all kind of together. Though but. remember these are hymns. Mm -hmm. So it could be the leader posed the question and the congregation gave the response. I gotcha. Um, and that would be a, yeah. So, so the, 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 the worship leader would say, Oh Lord, who may abide in your tent, who may dwell on your holy hill. And then the people answer, yeah. which would be again, going back then to this would be, uh, a, a living out of the proper um, lesson to be learned from Micah. Right. Like this would be the people saying like, ah, we know this one. Yeah, exactly. It's not sacrifice. <laughs> Our answer to this one is not sacrifice uh, this time. Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. Uh, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends. It's a good list of like, you know, who do this and this, but not this and yep. this, and who do this. Um, uh, it is, it, it's interesting because it does kind of go over quite the gambit of, of uh, uh, viewpoints of, 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 of things that, that are, that are covered. You talk about um, like verse two is, is kind of a, a pretty internal yeah. Um, uh, viewpoint, uh, walking blamelessly, uh, verse three is, uh, very external. The things that it's you the do expression to expression of what's going on inside right? of a person. Yeah. Uh, so not slandering, doing evil, to, not doing evil to their friends, uh, or reproaching against their neighbors. Um, <clears throat> then we go kind of internal again, mm -hmm. uh, whose eyes, uh, the wicked are despised, uh, and who honor those who fear God and, and, uh, who stand by their oath, even to their hurt. Uh, so that's a very internal, like, yeah. you know, your internal decisions again. And then we go out again, uh, uh, who, uh, lend money at no interest. Yeah. And uh, don't take a bribe uh, uh, against the innocent. That's part of the do not bear false witness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
those though and then the, in summation those who do all the basically all these things shall never be moved and so they're firmly in the tent right right it refers back to the tent slash holy hill beautiful beautiful hymn yeah beautiful poetry uh, uh, kind of because uh, it does it does kind of flow i did a terrible job reading it but it does kind of flow <laughs> like the second time around as i'm like reading it i can yeah. i can kind of hear a lot more of the melody of of uh, of it as, as it as it kind of flows right um so uh do, what do we know about psalm 15 do we know anything do we yeah. have any... it has a lot of internal clues because it quotes um leviticus and exodus and therefore in some other places even though it's such a short psalm. So we know it was written after the Israelites returned from their enslavement in Babylonia. Okay. So it's a relatively late psalm, well after King David, even though uh, many Bibles title it a psalm of David. And it certainly reflects a time when there's a formal worship space. Mm -hmm. And so presumption... That means that's when the second temple had been constructed again. Mm -hmm. The temple had been reconstructed. And so there would be questions about, okay, now we have this big glamorous building again. Does everyone get to use it? Or is it just for the priests? Is it just for the um, leaders of the temple? And this psalm answers that with you know, those who are holy in the sight of God. Anyone can do it. You don't can enter the temple and worship right. there. You don't have to be part of one of the special castes um, or tribes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That doesn't, uh, it, it, yeah. Tribes is, is I, I would think another one of those that would be really easy to, for the Israelites to fall under. Like the priestly tribes are yeah. like, you know, oh yeah. Of course they're there. Yeah. yeah. They're there. Like maybe the rest of you might yeah. be, but you know, uh, so it's interesting and, that you mentioned that. And also what happens throughout time and throughout religions is that humans want to delegate their spiritual lives to professionals. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a good thing we've, uh, we've, we've uh, departed from that <laughs> and no longer an issue. No longer an right? issue. Right, right, uh, <laughs> priest of the church, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> um. I asked the stories I could tell. The, and, I hope and, not. I, yeah, I, mean, I, hope I, you, I hope you couldn't tell. I could not tell, people. but the <laughs> stories I have experienced. Yes. Um, yeah, that here's, here's a reminder of both in order to have these interior attitudes and positive things, worship's part of that. Mm -hmm. But... In order to worship, you also have to have the intention of living an uh, ethical life. Right. right. Um, otherwise, you really should not enter the temple. Um, and, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's um, – some some scholars have speculated that, that this was actually part of a entry liturgy into the temple on – no one's tried to guess what occasion it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I didn't even really think about it, about it from that viewpoint of, I mean, obviously the the 
in the conversation about like, oh, I, you know, do, do my my. It's essentially like I, I did enough hail marys. Yeah. I did, did a, this sacrifice. I prayed for long enough. Um, but that it being, they're having it, uh, an institutional level to it mm-hmm. that even potentially uh, there were members of the priesthood who, yeah. you know, encouraged this, uh, which might also uh, um, uh, have secret uh, tendrils to these references about lending money at interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, I don't know if how we, that's not allowed. Yeah. And I don't know if we have like actual stories or data, but I, like I, I would imagine that there would be uh, eventually over the many, many years mm-hmm. uh, uh, allegations of uh, impropriety, like the priest's, selling things right for, you know, like, oh well, yeah but you did this you really do need to forgive and like you no, know what you have brought is not good enough you need to buy this and i'll lend you the was, money with you know a little the, extra on the side and... the cleansing the temple by jesus as we now call it <clears throat> what jesus was clearing out were the merchants who sold the animals to be sacrificed right when people were coming um particularly if they'd come from a long distance. So it wasn't their home congregation. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if historically, like the first round was like, Oh yeah, the priests can't do that. That's right. Absolutely. So they change and they let the merchants do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. It's and, and I wonder if the priests got any kickback for that. (laughs) I don't know. I probably not the, the priests personally, but the temple treasury there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was the, bake sale right but right, right that made substantial money right and also the money changers i've talked about this before but just a little um side note that the when people made money offerings at the temple it could not have a graven image on it of a false god and so anyone who had roman coins pretty common um could not offer those because it had the head of caesar and it said the God Caesar to grossly simplify. Right. And so they had to change it for money that did not have right. any kind of image like that on it. And the money changers made a profit off that money changing. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's move on to our gospel reading, which uh, I think a lot of people might find familiar. Yeah. Um, Matthew chapter five, verse one through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Um. It's a very yeah the the uh what, what is it called the beatitudes yep yeah uh so how many of the gospel writings have the beatitudes Matthew and Luke and uh is like 
traditionally, uh, as as uh, depicted in many uh, many a film feature or or uh, 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 visual storytelling, um, it's Jesus speaking to the crowds. But in Matthew, it's I mean, it, it's, it's implied the crowds are there, but this message is uh, uh, contextually um, um, delivered to the disciples. Yeah. Uh, if the crowds overheard, then that's I suppose that's one thing, but it, it implies that the message is intended for the disciples' ears. Yeah, and very <laughs> early on in Jesus's ministry. Mm-hmm. So, particularly in Matthew, it's set as the the opening training. Gotcha. for the disciples. And in Luke, in Luke, it's a little later, yeah. but it's also. For the disciples, uh, is it also for yeah. the disciples? Interesting. Okay, so it's it, maybe maybe it's just we we you know we we see the reference of like the crowds. He goes yeah. up to the mountain, which is would be a great place to give an oration. Yeah. Um. Uh, and uh, but uh, well, and it doesn't. And the and disciples and apostles are two different classes. That's true. That's true. You know, the apostles are the chosen twelve. Right. And I believe it's in Mark apostles and disciples are used almost interchangeably but in the other three gospels the apostles are the inner circle and the disciples are other followers of jesus gotcha so 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 perhaps it could have been a much bigger crowd i was gonna say it doesn't say perhaps the implication is when jesus saw the crowds he went to a different location yeah sat down and whoever came up the mountain right of the crowd that was down below would be the disciples. Yeah. I mean, it's like if, <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of the lowest bars for uh, a faith test of, am I willing to hike up 200 feet? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> so, or, so far away. Yeah. <laughs> or sure. Okay. You're a disciple. <laughs> right. You're a disciple. Here's your pin. Yeah. <laughs> Have a seat. Can you uh, don't don't forget to fill out though your email address so that we can contact you. <laughs> and in about four years, you will be tortured to death by the Romans. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> or you could deny me. It's yeah, your, it's your choice. It's your choice. <laughs> in which case, you'll be tortured to death by the Romans. <laughs> um, and then and yeah, then we have these the the this beautiful though uh, um. We call them the Beatitudes. Why do we yeah. call them the Beatitudes? Let's start, um, let's it's start Latin. La, it's a, a customization. No, a, a, a slight alteration of the Latin word for blessed. Okay. Gotcha. To make it easy for right. English lips to say. And uh, I'm not entirely sure, though, if this uh, would, cla- would, would qualify as, uh, as poetry, even though... It's got this beautiful back and forth. It does. It doesn't follow traditional Hebrew poetry styles, though. So, well, they're so far beyond that now. Okay, because this is immersed in Greco-Roman culture, and okay. so the literally the forms of poetry have changed since the time of the Hebrew scriptures being written. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, it's. It is interesting. Let's let's start with them though. So the first blessed are the poor in spirit, for okay. theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Which I don't know. Maybe it's the translation. 
doesn't, I'm not entirely sure I fully understand that one. Cause if you're poor in spirit, um, it kind of implies like a, a, a lack of, and I know it doesn't say this, but you right. like the brain kind of goes like, I don't know, people who lack faith. Right. That, that's the stumbling block. Right. And one of the ways to look at it is Luke also has the Beatitudes. They're a little bit different. And this Beatitude in Luke simply stops at poor. Whereas Matthew has an addition in spirit. So if, you, if you're someone who liked Luke better, you'll say, yeah, Matthew softened it mm. by making it a spiritual issue. Whereas Jesus really was talking about people who were materially poor and anyone who's not poor really better start looking at how they're living their lifestyle. Right. And but, I have to admit, Luke's, Luke's makes more sense. Like, oh, if you have less faith, you know, that this, this is for you. But, <laughs> Wait, uh, <huh? laughs> but in Matt, but poor in spirit is more about humility than lack of faith okay or lack of believing got it um again walk humbly with your god right our first reading right uh blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted perfect Mm -hmm. sense i don't think there's too much uh interpretation available for that one uh blessed are the meek uh for they will inherit the earth which is kind of an interesting implication uh because for what to this point the entire the entirety of humanity the people who rule the earth, inherit the earth, or, or, or are attempting to, are power hungry, are yeah. uh, vain, and, and and despite what the prophets of the Hebrew Scriptures are saying, right? Exactly. Uh, uh, which and, so what a what an interesting thought of like you know oh yeah the world being ruled by meek people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, and we still don't really have that today. Yeah. I mean, not not, not even, even close. close. Yeah. And just um, keep in mind that verse 4 and 5, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, do not occur in Luke. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I can see maybe a pattern is is uh for righteousness uh, is added is added I, well i should say is addition is, yeah gotcha. we can't can't definitively say that luke is older than matthew gotcha 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 but it it, it does you can kind of see especially with it if it happens regularly where the author is yeah. like oh it should be about faith and about yeah. religion and like and luke's like no just general just right. a, yeah i'm looking at hungry Micah. and thirsty <laughs> Yeah, they won't be <laughs> right. Um, uh, blessed are the merciful, and and th- this is, I, I I this is where I feel like the beatitudes change. Yeah, uh, because you're you basically are have these series of four groups of people, uh, or maybe the same group of people with four different attributes. Right, uh, uh, who have a need, and that need is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And now we go to blessed are the merciful, mm-hmm. for they will receive mercy, which is so, not in Matthew. I mean, not in, not, in Luke, not in Luke, not in Luke, but it is this idea of what you're putting out. Exactly. You're getting back very much as like opposed to what you need and you get that new yeah. filled. Uh, uh, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Not in Luke, not uh-huh. in Luke. Uh, blessed are those who make peace 
for they will be called children of God. So it, it kind of like a, an actual fulfillment of what all the, uh, you know, a lot of the Old Testament writings are about. Yeah. If you show mercy, if you show peace, then you're finally living up to the moniker that you've kind of been claiming, maybe artificially, the, right. the whole time. Right. Um, <clears throat> Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Different uh, 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 same group as that first blessed, or, or I shouldn't say group, but same uh, result as the first group. Yeah. That, you know, uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Also not in Luke. Okay. And then blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. It is in Luke, but with slightly different wording. Okay. Okay. So Luke's is a lot shorter. Yeah, okay. has, has many fewer Beatitudes, but it also has the woes that Matthew does not. Gotcha. Because this is Beat, the blessings, blessings and curses, of, blessings, and, blessings and curses, part of that ancient, ancient, pan cultural tradition of communication. Right. Uh, so I'm not gonna lie. Uh, as we talk about the comparisons between the two, uh, um, the Luke account. Seems like it might be a little bit more accurate. I mean, just because stylistically it fits. Yeah. Um, the 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 fact that there's uh, additions or subtractions here, um, I almost always lean towards like we probably added stuff as opposed to uh, leaving stuff out. We we we're less likely to leave stuff out as we are to like, oh, I want to throw some qualifying yeah. things in and, there. And, and that's in any kind of literary study. That's the the general rule. Is right. The shorter is the older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't know for sure. I'm just... Sure, 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 sure. And one of the things also keep in mind is it could very well be... Well, okay. The presumption is Matthew and Luke had the same stuff... In their minds, in their oral traditions, maybe in written form, mm -hmm. and each wrote down what they thought was important. So it could be that what Matthew's writing down is what the teachers were teaching. Yeah. And that what Luke wrote down was what teachers were teaching, but had not amplified anything. Right. Yeah, I, I, I can understand where uh, if one did come before the other, if Luke did become before Matthew, where the author of Matthew would go. Let's not lose track as to why these are important, though. Yeah. You know, like, yes, you know, these things are true, but we should also have a spiritual religious sense about it, like mm -hmm. not just. It's not just this, but you're like, you know, I do it with additionally with with an additional purpose. Right. Just in case there's any confusion about like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, all you got to do is be poor, right. mournful and meek. And that's, you know, job great. done. Yeah, job done. <laughs> like, you know, you know you, yes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can I can understand that. I can understand where that would yeah, and it's be a tendency. Um, and part of what people were trying to do, the, the people remembering the words of Jesus, were were preserving what was important to their particular Christian community and you know adjoining ones. Mm -hmm. So it's quite possible 
that Matthew's community really felt, really felt Jesus said these things, first of all, but also that this expanded their relevance. Because, yeah. you know, it's e for me, it's easy to picture Matthew's community saying, yeah, we're, we're all poor. We're all meek. Right. We're all mourning the death of Jesus, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so why does this even matter anymore? Right. And then people say, oh, this, right. that, the other thing. Oh, okay. Or, okay. or people's tendencies would be like, so I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. This is the, in a way, this is the same same yeah. uh, mentality that they're trying to fight in, in our previous readings of like, right. yeah, I did the sacrifice. I totally sacrificed. Mm -hmm. I'm poor. You know, I'll yeah. get out. What more can I sacrifice? Great. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's the, in, in contemporary times, one of the big um, back and forth discussions for as long as I've been ordained has been, yes, it's, it's crucial to do X, feed the poor, um, support local schools, volunteer, all that stuff. But if you don't have an active spiritual life as you do it, you'll burn out so much faster. Right. And if you were doing it out of a sense of, I want to make sure I get the Citizen of the Year award, you're likely to get really off track in right. what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So it's all those dynamics were just as active back then as they are today. Right. Yeah. Just think uh, think uh, uh, perfect attendance award at school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Johnny got perfect attendance. He did get D's and F's though. Right. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe not that great. Or nowadays, he did infect half the class, <laughs> right? Exactly. Repeatedly with different diseases. Uh, or, or, or those of us, uh, uh, those of us in the workforce, like, yeah. oh yeah, Jill shows up for work. She doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she's there. Great, you know. The, yeah, don't, don't. Obviously, yeah, don't, don't do that. Like, it's, it's not the first hurdle. And then you're you're all good, right? <laughs> yeah, don't do the minimum, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and you can honestly uh, say Matthew is saying don't do the minimum, right? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm thinking about uh, uh, anybody listening to an oral tra uh, tradition of like lend me your ears. I'm not. I mean, I'm listening, but I'm I'm not. A, I'm not going to interpret any of it, right. or put any of it to heart, or care about what it is right. about you say, but I'll. I'll stop talking. What's up? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, he's, he's done. He stopped talking. We're good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, in, in, in tradition with stopping talking, uh, I think we'll, what a segue. What a segue. Well, planning we'll, that for an hour. Haven't you? <laughs> we'll call to a close. This is your podcast for January 29th, 2023. The fourth Sunday after the epiphany, uh, in year A, uh, come join us uh, uh, in person if you can. Uh, uh, Eight o'clock and ten o'clock, with the nine o'clock hour being the annual meeting. Yes, this that's year. when the annual meeting. Is. Uh, nine the nine o'clock annual meeting will be broadcast live, but we do not have a method of delivering votes right uh, online. So only those present will will be able to have their votes counted. Uh, so, and, and count towards the quorum and, and count towards the quorum. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, uh, individual IP addresses do not, uh, right. or, you know, maybe the laws need to be updated. Uh, maybe our, mm -hmm. our internal bylaws need to be updated, but they, they, they do not count, uh, uh towards our, towards our quorum. Um, so please uh, uh, encourage everybody to attend in person. Uh, and, and then if you don't want to be seen any further, go, go, you can go home and watch the 10 o'clock service online. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 
or what I know. I can only stand so much of these people. One person confessed to me that they buy a Starbucks coffee and then go to their car and watch the service using the Starbucks. Um, the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay, that works. God bless you. That's yeah. not, that's not that bad. Yeah. Like, look, it, that that's it, the, the, that's the point. Uh, making right. it available for for however you can uh, um, um, work it in. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so. Um, the like I said, the ten o'clock service and the nine o'clock uh, um, uh, annual meeting will be broadcast live uh, on our YouTube channel HFEC videos. Uh, please go to our website HF uh, HolyFamilyFishers.org. Uh, see what all's going on in uh, in the parish. And until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye.